P what? This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, did you enjoy your getaway in northern Minnesota? <laughs> I did. It was a good time. We were up in the Ironton area, which is not too far from Brainerd, by the Cuyuna Lakes uh, recreational area, and it was it was really nice. It was uh, just what the doctor ordered. We kept a distance from everybody. We had no physical contact with anyone. We got to do some nice stuff outside. We got to support local businesses, and we got to enjoy the wonderful resources of the, the Brainerd Lakes area, including biking, mountain biking, and swimming in the mine pits. So it was, it was good. It was a good time. Uh, and it was, of course, a stormy time with a lot of thunder. I mean, we had some big rain, and we'll talk about this, I know, but we had some, some heavy rain. But even more than the rain, there was just thunder. Almost, I'd say, three days of the five days that we were up there, and it's just been a good thundery summer. I don't know if you've noticed that, but, uh, you know, even when we miss the storms, we've been hearing thunder. Kenny, yes, we've heard a lot of that throughout the summer. And of course, this uh, past weekend did not disappoint here in that respect in the Twin Cities either. So we did see some storms. We saw some rain. We saw excessive heat. It was a very active period. And, and just to uh, give this some context here, we're recording this on Thursday, the 23rd of July. Most of our listeners won't hear it until Friday the 24th. Kenny, you and I last spoke on Friday the 17th, just so people know the reference time we're talking about. So, Kenny, that Friday the 17th and Saturday the 18th, we uh, were in sweltering conditions, and we were dodging storms here, at least in certain parts of Minnesota. Yeah, and the areas that didn't dodge storms will kind of remember it. Uh, we had really two rounds of storms, one that was that uh, Friday night into Saturday morning. And then the second round uh, was on Saturday evening. The first round really got everyone's attention because the Storm Prediction Center, which is the part of the National Weather Service that monitors, they, they issue you know, severe thunderstorm and tornado watches. So those kind of large area outlooks. And they also issue something called a convective outlook, which tells you the risk for severe weather. They had us in a pretty rare, and this isn't going to sound rare. It actually, that they chose the wrong adjective, but they've been doing this for decades, so they're sticking with it. But they had us in what's called a, a moderate risk for severe weather. Now, a moderate risk for severe weather is actually an unusually high risk, and we don't get put into that outlook level more than about once a year here, anywhere in Minnesota. Uh, we had one last year, and we had this one this year. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll get another one. But they saw the potential for a derecho, which is a long-lasting, long-tracking, you know, large-distance-covering destructive windstorm that's associated with thunderstorms. Now, I, I got to say, it was a very busy night, and there was a lot of wind damage. I think that, you know, in retrospect, the storms slightly underperformed. And that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, I'm sure, if you, if you took damage directly. All I'm saying is we were fearing, especially the professional forecasters were fearing that it was going to be even worse, that the winds were going to be even stronger and that they were going to cover even more area. So we did have some gusts above 80 miles an hour, but mercifully, they weren't as widespread as we had feared and they, uh, and they weren't quite as, as intense as we had feared either. 
There were some small spin-up tornadoes associated with those storms as they pushed through east central Minnesota. So kind of parts of Isanti County had uh, two confirmed uh, kind of smaller squall line associated tornadoes. And then, uh, you know, several areas got two to three inches of rain. Then we got into the really intense heat on Saturday. Temperatures rose into the 90s with dew points going into the upper 70s. Put a pin on that. We're coming right back to that one when we talk about the coming weather. And uh, that created uh, good ingredients for more severe thunderstorms. They mostly covered the eastern part of Minnesota on Saturday. And that includes the Arrowhead, which had large hail and damaging winds right in, right up to Lake Superior, kind of north along the shore from Duluth. They had uh, very strong winds and hail. And then other storms that formed right on top of the Twin Cities metro area and produced a couple tornadoes in Washington County. So, yeah, it was a, it was a uh, very active week end with uh, strong storms kind of bookending a, a really intense heat event. And so, uh, yeah, active period. It looks like we're going to do some version of the same thing again here. Well, let's talk about that, Kenny. This is Thursday, the 23rd of July, coming up on Friday, the 24th. It's going to get hot again. Same thing in store for Saturday, the 25th. And those dew points are going to creep up as well. So what are we looking at here uh, in the next couple of days, Kenny? Yeah, so the, the probably the most you know, no matter what happens with the heat. So let's just get it out on the line. We have another kind of intense heat event that's going to be dew point driven. So it won't be the temperatures. It's going to be the, the humidity and the dew points. You're going to feel, it's going to feel very hot, but the temperatures might only be around 90 degrees or 93 degrees or something like that. Some areas, they might only be in the upper 80s, but with dew points in the mid to upper 70s and possibly hitting 80 degrees again, it's going to feel much hotter than that. So this would be another moisture-driven heat event, almost guaranteed on Friday. And then pretty likely on Saturday, there's a little bit of a wild card because we know there's going to be some thunderstorms. Now, those thunderstorms could produce very intense rains because of the amount of moisture in the air. But it's really that amount of moisture, Jim, that is it's its own story, whether we get the extreme heat or not, whether we get the flooding rains somewhere in Minnesota or not, just the amount of moisture in the air. Um, it's not just the dew point, because that's, that's a measure of how much moisture is in the air right where we are at the surface. But there's other moisture in the air. And if you go all the way through the atmosphere and kind of add up all of the moisture that's in the atmosphere, you come up with this quantity that's called precipitable water. This is what you let off with when you said P. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the precipitable water, or affectionately known as P-W-A-T, and we pronounce it in the weather business as P-Watts, or P-Watt. And the P-Watt, or precipitable water, is going to be unusually high. You know, in the summertime, when you get into one of those sultry air masses, it's, it's not uncommon for the precipitable water to be about two inches. I mean, that's a high number, but you know, it happens a couple times a year. Somewhere in Minnesota, the precipitable water will go above two inches, and it's a lot. And you usually do feel it at the surface with very muggy conditions. Whether it's, whether it's hot or not, you'll still feel the effects of all of that humidity. In this case, some of the models are getting a little out of hand and are producing 
you know, over two and a half inches of precipitable water. And just to put that in context, we have about a 50 year or so weather balloon record for the Twin Cities. You have to combine part of it with St. Cloud. And we've never seen anything above about 2.5 inches. So if we do actually have over two and a half inches of precipitable water at the 7 p.m. balloon launch from Chanhassen on Saturday, that would break our all-time record at least all-time known record for precipitable water. And of course, this for sure translates to our own discomfort here because uh, it means there's a lot of moisture in the air, which is going to mean you're going to have high dew points. It's going to feel very humid. But it also kind of loads us up for the potential for very heavy rain. When you have that much moisture in the air, it means that much moisture can come right out. And what's especially concerning is the low-level winds and the winds aloft are going to be oriented in a manner that's pretty favorable for excessive rain. So we don't know exactly who's going to get the heaviest rain. A lot of that's going to be determined by where the storms are on Saturday morning and where they go early in the afternoon, because the, the big storms are going to follow the boundary from those other storms. And those big storms are going to probably form late Saturday afternoon and evening and continue into the night. But there is a potential for some major rains. I mean, it would be not a problem to get five, six, or seven inches out of some of these storms. Now, those are going to be in a really small corridor. It's not going to be everywhere. But where you see that kind of rain, you're going to see flash flooding and, you know, streams are going to come way up. You're going to have, they're going to overflow their banks. You're going to have street flooding and, you know, backed up sewers and things like that. We don't know exactly where that'll be right now. The Weather Prediction Center has a moderate risk for excessive rain, which is, again, I don't know why they use the word moderate, because it's actually a really high risk. But what they're really saying is there's a fairly decent chance that some part of this area is going to exceed its capacity to, to hold rain, and you're going to start to see flash flooding. I would expect that the total area that gets flash flooding this weekend, Jim, it's only going to be the size of, you know, one to three central Minnesota counties. It's not going to be like the whole state. But whoever wins that unfortunate lottery is probably going to see more rain than they have seen in a long, long time. Well, Does that remind you of anything? You I know, mean, it's July Kenny, 23rd. Does that yes. remind you of anything? What a convenient segue. We're talking about Watts uh, and rain and intense rain. And yes, on this date... July 23rd, 1987, the Superstorm in the Twin Cities. And uh, boy, I remember that one extremely well, Kenny. Do you? Oh, yeah. This was one of several <laughs> defining weather events in my youth. I mean, this was a big one. I was in Rochester at a soccer game, and I, was a, I played keeper that year a few times. I was really mostly... Who cares? But I was a midfielder, usually. I like to kick the ball far and, and then make people run after it. That was kind of my thing. <laughs> but I was playing keeper, and so I had some time, and I kept looking back over my shoulder because there was this gigantic, about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, I could see this big sort of white mushroom cloud off to my northwest, and I knew that that was near the Twin Cities at a minimum. And I started talking to my teammates, saying, well, we're going to have to go through that big thunderstorm on the way home. And of course, where we were, it was sunny and everybody doubted it because people often think, oh, sunny weather, you're not going to get any rain. 
And it was just hot and humid and sunny. And I said, no, we're going to get pounded on the way home if we have to go through that storm. And of course we did. There were cars floating all over Highway 52. And especially as you got into the 494 area, we saw cars that were just like, you know, floating objects in the, on the highway. The highways had turned into rivers and there were cars stranded left and right. And I don't know exactly how we made it through, but we managed to make it through. Probably my father not following safety guidelines but uh, there was a fair amount of cursing because it was a scary. It was a it was a scary evening. I mean, there were the the lightning was constant. The rains were driving, and the floodwaters were in control. I mean, very few drivers had their tires on the road uh, on that section of 494. So it was a tough. It was yes, I do remember it, and I was a new weather observer. I had a four inch plastic rain gauge. That's the diameter. And it had a capacity of 11 inches, and I measured 10.36 inches from that storm. So, yeah, I definitely remember it. How about you, Jim? Well, I have vivid memories as well, and I remember actually driving out in it because of necessity and uh, plowing through a lot of water. And I remember, you know, this is a situation where the rain came down in such intensity that it overwhelmed the storm sewer system. And we saw the flash flooding on the roads. And this wasn't standing water. This was moving water. I mean, you could see a current in it in some locations. And of course, uh, many houses throughout uh, the Twin Cities area, ended up with flooded basements. And I'm not talking necessarily about a little bit of water. In some cases, it was some pretty heavy-duty flooding that took place. Oh, yeah, there were houses collapsing, and there were the hills that the houses were on collapsing. I mean, this was a multi-hundred-year, if not thousand-year storm event in the Twin Cities. It was a blockbuster rainfall that was centered right over the heart of the metro area. I mean, it was a little bit southwest was the actual epicenter, uh, kind of Adina into Hopkins and Minnetonka and Lake eastern parts of Lake Minnetonka. But, you know, for the airport had 10 inches of rain in 24 hours from that storm. And you could even draw a six-inch contour well into parts of Ramsey and Washington counties and into the north. And of course, it kicked off with a destructive tornado in Maple Grove and, and Brooklyn Park. That's how the whole thing started. So it was quite a night. Uh, the, ingredient, the ingredients were not tremendously different from what we're looking at on Saturday. Now, I don't want anyone to think you can't predict something like a superstorm, especially at, at one place. A lot of things had to come together for that to work. I mean, you had to have these former storms that had gone through and put cold air across part of the area with very hot, humid weather building just on the other side of that cold air. And then you had to have the right ingredients at the surface and aloft. But we have some of those in place. I think one of the wild cards is really going to be what kind of storms form during the day on Saturday. And uh, is does it produce the kind of boundary that lets storms form and then stall and regenerate over the same place over and over and over again in the evening. You know, that could happen somewhere in Minnesota. I'd, I would, I'm not going to hazard a guess at exactly where, but Southern and Central Minnesota are certainly uh, on the table for getting uh, really intense rains for a, a sustained duration uh, on Saturday evening. Well, Kenny, other than the very heavy rainfall potential, are we looking at other forms of severe weather potentially, uh, say, on uh, late Friday night or Saturday? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I think that 
especially in western Minnesota, late on Friday night. So the really humid air is going to start pushing into the region on Friday. You're going to feel a big difference. I mean, Wednesday was beautiful, a little cloudy and cool, but it felt like May, right? Yeah, it felt like fall. I mean, I was thinking fall, actually. It had that smell in the air. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it did have that smell in the air. And then, you know, today, Thursday, was just kind of a nice sort of normal summer day, right? Not humid, not hot. Friday is going to feel very different. I mean, I'm, I'm not positive when exactly people will hear this, but Friday is going to be a night and day difference. The dew point is going to be 15 to 20 degrees higher on Friday, and the temperatures are going to be 5 to 10 degrees higher. So you're going to be in the 90s in much of Minnesota on Friday, and you're going to have dew points around or above 70. Big difference. And uh, there's going to be strong thunderstorms capable of tornadoes in the evening and hail and high winds on Friday evening in the Dakotas and then pushing into western Minnesota overnight. There could be strong straight line winds, especially, and heavy rain in the western half of Minnesota uh, during, you know, between midnight, uh, really anytime after, I guess, 10 p.m. on Friday, but especially between midnight and 6 a.m. on Saturday. And then on Saturday, again, a lot's going to depend on what happens with those morning storms. But whenever you have boundaries all intersecting each other and you've got deep moisture on one side, you might have some intense heating on one side, and then you've got cooler rain-cooled and cold front-cooled air on the other side, and you've got a decent push of winds aloft, you certainly could have severe weather. I would say the main threat from storms on Saturday is definitely going to be intense rains. I mean, it's almost a guarantee that some part of Minnesota is going to see several inches of rain. But I would say it's certainly on the table that especially early on Saturday afternoon and evening, as the storms are forming, that they could produce, uh, briefly produce tornadoes and also produce hail. And anytime you have very heavy rains, you've got the chance for strong straight line downburst winds accompanying some of those thunderstorms, especially once the storms really start to move. So, yeah, there is a threat for uh, heavy rain and severe weather on Saturday, although I would I would tip the odds a little bit towards, you know, heavy rain being the big story. But, yeah, we could see any type of severe weather. And again, if if we don't see that, you know, the activity throwing a blanket of clouds across southern Minnesota on Saturday morning and afternoon, then we're going to have intense heat to deal with on Saturday as well. And whether we get that intense heat or not, the dew point, it's going to be a steam bath. The dew points are going to be in the mid to upper 70s, possibly 80 degrees. You're going to get drenched either way, is I guess what I'm saying, Jim. <laughs> You're going to be okay. drenched either way, whether it's by the rain or it's just from yourself sitting there in all of that humidity. Well, Kenny, so let's all stay safe over the next few days. We'll uh, make sure we stay well hydrated, get into a cool place if you start to feel symptoms of uh, heat exhaustion. Uh, also, keep an eye and an ear on the weather and be aware of the possibility of uh, potentially some flooding and other forms of severe weather. In other words, uh, just stay weather aware and stay safe. Yeah, I guess I would say if you're camping, you know, last weekend there was a lot of concern about people camping because these thunderstorms in the summertime, they produce huge amounts of lightning, and lightning is is a big killer for thunderstorms. And with concerns about all those straight-line winds, you know, we were worried about trees coming down on, on 
people who are camping. So if you are going out into the wilderness this weekend, especially if you're in a low-lying area near a creek or a stream or a river or even a lake, just be aware of the potential for very heavy rains and, you know, make sure you kind of understand where you are and where the storms are and, you know, have a plan if you do need to get out because that's, uh, you don't want to have to make all that decision and do all that thinking right when it's happened. Have a little bit of advanced planning. So if you're up on a ridge, you know, know what your risks are there. If you're down in a valley, know that you've got more flooding type risks in that kind of situation. And you really want to keep an eye on the, on the weather. Well, but good yeah, advice, you're right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, stay hydrated and you know, drink a lot of water, stay out of the sun if it's shining and uh, don't overexert. And otherwise, I always say, enjoy. Exactly. And if you're out driving too, it bears uh, reminding people to uh, keep an eye on the roadway. If you see water flowing across the road, you'd be surprised how easily a vehicle can be floated by water. And what is the saying? Turn around, don't drown, if there's any doubt in your mind, right? That is correct. All right, Kenny. Well, stay safe and have a great weekend. And uh, we'll check in with you next week. And we'll talk more about Watts and uh, what the Watts turned out to be as we kind of go back and take a look at the uh, events coming up this weekend. Right. Did we break a nerdy record or not? <laughs> Everybody's going to want to know. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time on the other side, Jim. Sounds good, Kenny. This is Way Over Our Heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We'll talk to you soon.